Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Tracy V. Wilson. <laughs> and I'm Molly Fry. Why was that funny? Um, it sounded like you were like on ramping because you started oh, with yeah. your hello and welcome to you. And then you got to your name. It's <laughs> great. Uh, I feel like we're just incredibly punchy at this point in our lives and the pandemic. Accurate. And recording, recording podcasts. Uh, we recorded our unearthed episodes for January, February, and March of 2021. Uh, I was pleased to find that there was enough interesting stuff to have two parts. And as is always the case, I also had other stuff that um, I did not include for one reason or another <laughs> along the way. Um, you had something in the first part that you particularly responded to that you said you were going to save for the behind the scenes. <laughs> I think I have said this before when we've talked about similar things happening on Earth, but um, in my head, because there are so many instances of those Sulawesi warty pigs that show up mm-hmm. uh, in very, very, very ancient art, I just presume that was like a trend. Like people had like, you know, kitchen pigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just that. Like we through the lens of history and trying to <laughs> interpret it or like is this is important to their culture and we're going to find out it was like the kitsch of their era. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are definitely a lot of pigs in that general area. Um, it reminds me a little, what you just said reminds me of some of the discussion of um, the, the cave art that is people uh, making handprints by, you know, putting the paint around their hands so their, uh-huh. their handprint is like the negative space. And how in some places that is, there's just a lot of that. And it's sort of similar of like, what uh, what specifically was prompting <laughs> folks to want to do this with their art over and over? Right. Was this an ancient preschool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was really tickled. I was simultaneously chagrined, but also tickled by this um, this horse step that turned out to be an artifact. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, ideally, it would not, it would have been better had there just not been this trend of people taking artifacts back with them when they went on their grand tours of the continent. That's not ideal. But also, there are so many times when I see something around my house and I'm like, has that always been that way? That, you know, I'm kind of glad that some person stepped on this horse block for a decade before being like, there's a laurel wreath on here. (laughs) I never noticed that before. (laughs) There's also part of me, uh, obviously, I don't love that it was probably taken from where it originally came from, cer- almost certainly without permission. But there is part of me that loves just the the interconnectivity of it that's evidenced across time and place, mm-hmm. right? That, like, there could be a thing in your life today that you prize, and in 200 years, somebody could be using it to, like do something very mundane. And I kind of love that idea that mm-hmm. it would just be reappropriated as a different, I don't mean that in the sense of uh, like taking things, but just like mm-hmm. re-envisioned as uh, having a completely different use than it originally had. And that being important in its own way, I don't know, that's, mm-hmm. I probably have an overly romantic view of of things in that regard. Yeah, I have a um an antique loom shuttle sitting on my desk as, like, a decoration 
in the podcasting corner <laughs> here in my little home office. Uh, and it, uh, I had not really thought about the fact that, you know, somebody was using that loom, that shuttle, to make their living on a loom. And now it's a decoration in my home office with a computer. Yes, 100%. Um, I mean, I, I think about that all the time with various objects, both the objects that I have now that are contemporary and what they will be perceived as one day. You know, I mm-hmm. always joke that, like, there's going to be a civilization one day that unearths my house and comes to believe that, like, there was a religion based around a strange green alien creature because I have so much Greedo stuff in my house. And, like, just the way that it will be misinterpreted one day. It's like, this was clearly uh, yeah. culturally very important. <laughs> <laughs> Greedo fact, is culturally very important. It certainly is to me. But, uh, you know, there are things like that that I always wonder what we're getting wrong when we look at these things. And yeah. and it, it it reaches back to the Sulawesi pig thing, right? Like, what we're interpreting incorrectly that might be mundane. Or like I said, like, I, kitsch, while it's often associated with the modern era, like, everyone has, as human beings, and I think even many animals, have this capacity for just, like, delight in the simple or absurd or ornamental. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like we forget that sometimes. Yeah. And and presume everything has meaning when really, maybe they really all did have kitchen pigs and it was just a funny thing that they all did. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Which is not to in any way downplay the importance of interpretation and analysis, but I always wonder, like, are you thinking about the fact that these were just people living day to day and trying to figure their lives out and get their needs met? And maybe it's just something funny to them. Yeah. I think it was the most recent unearthed before this one that we talked about uh, interpreting grave goods and how, um, you know, even if you're trying to be really objective, still your, your understanding of why a person might bury specific goods in a grave like, there's a, a filter through your own understanding and experience that's, mm-hmm. like, coming through that. And one of the things that um, that I had bookmarked for this, uh, to potentially be part of this unearthed that we didn't actually wind up putting in the episode, was um, a study of, of graves in Europe that uh, previously had been, people had been buried with a lot of grave goods, and then... Almost at the same time, all across these different burial sites all across Europe, it was like people stopped burying people with so many grave goods. Um, and how that suggested a lot of interconnectivity among these different cultures and how people were approaching burying the dead. And that was one of those things that I was like, that seems really interesting to me. Um, but I also like didn't find a, a great uh, place to put it into the, <laughs> yeah. into the episode. Some of the other things that I left out were things that were just really tragic that didn't feel like there was a reason to talk about them. Um, Like, I feel like we had a particularly distressing group of exhumations this time around because a lot of them were, like, people who were the victims of a horrifying massacre trying to try to identify their bodies. Like, that was really... And, you know, these are a lot of these are people who have descendants and family members still living today, so it feels like something's really important to talk about. But some of the things that I found... Uh, were these conclusions that were just incredibly tragic. And I was like, this doesn't feel like it has a connection to life that we need to really get into. And uh, we all collectively as a planet have been living through a year of pandemic. So uh, maybe let's not have the needlessly really upsetting ones that don't feel like they have a reason to be included in this particular installment. Yeah. 
less harrowing, but one of the things that came up in this this set of unearthed um, <laughs> that is a reminder to me of why I have started and abandoned this one topic a dozen times is um, the research around the common origin of dogs in Siberia. Um, mm-hmm. Similarly, we did a, a history of of house cats a while back, and that got outdated pretty quickly. But similarly, I feel like dogs, because many people, I don't know, I don't want to generalize and say many people have a more vested interest in dogs and culture, but dogs are not quite the same level uh, as of independent as cats often, right? Like oh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about how cats would, like, kind of get shipped with grain so that you can keep the rodents out of the things. But they're not so much considered like, and you will love this cat and it will sleep on your bed and it will. But the dogs always tend to stick closer to the people. So we know more about right. them. They're more deeply studied. Um, and it's like one of those things where there's always more things like this where I'm like, I don't even know how I would begin to sort out all of the information that we have about yeah, dogs. There's a lot. Because it gets outdated, like, month to month in some cases. Uh, that also makes it tricky. But perhaps one day I'll get very yeah. brave about it. Maybe so. <laughs> that seems like a good place to wrap this little behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, happy Friday again, everyone. I hope folks... Uh, have a good weekend whatever's on on your plate whatever's in store for you Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a classic out of the archive and then Monday with another new episode and if you haven't subscribed to our show you can it's in the iHeartRadio app and Apple Podcasts basically anywhere you could subscribe to a podcast Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 